Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. I am, as always, your host, Amy Gray Cunningham. Thank you for taking the time to join me on another amazing episode of Butterfly Kisses. I know this episode will inspire you to look within and find your authentic self. Do you struggle with making meaningful connections with people? Well, today's guest has experienced the struggle for most of his life until he quit pretending to be someone else and learned to love himself for who he is at his soul level. From there, he learned to create true friendships by being his authentic self. Coach Lee Hopkins, a transgender man, tells his story of his transformational journey from hiding his true self to becoming a coach and teaching others how to make friends. He shares solutions with us to find the connection, friendship, and communities that we desire. While being transgender is not necessarily the meaning of his message today, he shares it with us as part of his journey to demonstrate the vulnerability he experiences when building the intimacy needed to develop deeper relationships. Coach Lee is all about creating and establishing relationships based off of our authentic selves. So stay tuned. You won't want to miss this episode. Now, next Sunday, October 16th, I talk with Joseph Corella. And wow, let me tell you, Joseph is definitely high energy. You guys are going to love him. He started dancing around the age of seven, and he hasn't stopped. Joseph learned so much about the incredible benefits of dancing it out that dance provides for our body and mind. His mission is to share this message with as many people as he can. Most importantly, Joseph believes in positive movement and inspiring adults to get up, move, create, and have fun. Dance has generally saved his life, so he shares with us his experience in hope of inspiring others, you, me, to get up and move. So please join me next Sunday, October 16th at 9 a.m. as I talk with Joseph Corella. And also, please subscribe if you like these, uh, these episodes and you want to hear more. Please subscribe to Apple or whatever app that you're listening on. And also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. All the links are provided in the show notes for you. And you can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at butterflykissespodcast.com. This way you won't miss it when I drop a new episode. And if you like what you hear on Butterfly Kisses today, please, 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 as always, leave me a review and five stars will be very much welcomed. And please also share it with your family and friends because the more we can inspire others to shine and share their light the more impact we can make on the world. Now, please help me welcome Coach Lee. Hello, Coach Lee, and thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to have you on Butterfly Kisses. This is going to be a wonderful episode, I think. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm glad to be here. Well, again, thank you for joining us. I know we've been playing uh, scheduling tag for a couple months now. So I'm so glad to finally be able to connect with you. So tell us coach Lee, a little bit about your transformational journey from where you were before to where you are now and what brings you to 
coaching people how to make friends? Well, yeah, Amy, all this came from my own experience in life of being just lonely and desolate and wondering how I'm making, how everyone else is making friends and I'm not. I had no idea what I was doing. So I thought for sure that I was the thing that was wrong. (laughs) I was was wrong. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't know how to make friends, but everybody else learned how to some way, somehow. So I grew up in a small town in Ohio and I just felt really disconnected from most people there. I didn't know how to, how people were in groups of friends and they were having, they had plans and it just got worse and worse. But I, I heard that all you need to do is find your tribe. That's what you need to do. So I figured, well, I can just hang on for a few more years. This town isn't full of my people. When I went to college, I figured it'd be different. I thought I'd have a different experience because there are people from different countries, different backgrounds all over the state, just so many amazing people that I could possibly connect with and make friends with. But I still felt lonely. I still Mm -hmm. was unable to really make connections with people in the way I thought friendship should be, like the stuff you saw on TV. Like I'm in my late 30s, so 90s TV was all about friends and connecting with each other. And I thought- Friends episodes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the kind of friendships people should have. And I didn't have any of those and I didn't know why, except I thought that it was because I didn't find my tribe. I wasn't with my tribe. So essentially- I realized that after college, it was the entire state of Ohio that didn't have my people. I had an opportunity to move from Ohio to California, and I took that opportunity. And in Ohio, there weren't the same kind of people as in California. So in California, it was pretty amazing. I met new people. I opened up a little more, and I found myself in the karaoke scene. People knew me a lot. They high-fived me, and they like knew my bar drinks and my, my drinks. The bartenders knew my drink. And everything like that. And I thought, well, this is great. People know me, but still I feel lonely. I still feel really disconnected. And so I figured, well, I have to leave California. It's the, it's the pattern that I exhibit. I have to leave California and still find my tribe. So this is where I moved to Chicago, where I am today. And in Chicago, I landed in the right place to meet the right people, to have the kind of conversations that I thought would make me feel more connected. In fact, This is one of the pivotal moments in my life where I transitioned from female to male. So that was a big thing in my life. This is around the time Caitlyn Jenner was coming out. I ran into the queer people who helped me financially, emotionally, physically transition. They were there for me, but I still felt lonely and disconnected from them. So here it is. I am in a situation in which there are two there are 8 million people. It's the second largest city in Ohio, the second largest city in the US. And there are 8 million people here. And I'm among the few core people who've had a similar experience where they have transitioned. They're trans like me. And I still feel lonely and disconnected. Why? I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why. And so I really thought that transitioning from female to male was the thing that I was hiding about myself that people didn't know that I wouldn't share that kept me stuck and kept me feeling lonely but there was something else happening I just didn't know what it was so when I discovered what it worked for me I became a coach so that I could share with everybody else 
what age did you transition? I was uh, 32. So that was about seven years ago. So I had an opportunity. So like most people, many people today are realizing this soon, earlier and earlier in their life. And I had an awareness of me being a queer person in my teens, but not quite understanding what transgender meant. So in Ohio, I was identified as a lesbian and I kind of wanted to keep that a secret. I didn't want to tell so many people. So I think that limited the amount of people that I could really be close to. And then that was a catalyst also for me to move to California, where in California was a little more progressive than Ohio, right? It's a blue state, people were more accepting and I could have a girlfriend out and loud and I did, but I was still hiding something about myself and that was a transgender piece. And so I moved to Chicago and I opened up the transgender piece a bit and I still find myself lonely around the people that have had a similar experience to me. And I was like, oh, I've had all this life experience and I've had an opportunity to know myself, but man, I'm feel lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you think you felt lost still? Well, I, what I discovered is that I had no idea that I was really trying to hide myself. Like I, that was just automatic behavior that was happening. So I didn't know that I was hiding myself. And in order to be connected to someone, to really know someone, you have to tell them who you are. And holy moly, I was so busy just trying to make sure nobody saw me that I was upset that people didn't see me. So I was just stuck right there. Like, you don't understand me. Well, I'm also not sharing with you. So I'm lost. I'm in a circle. I did, that was the piece that made me feel really confused and lost. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Share or not? Share or not? I don't know what to share if I should. <laughs> <laughs> so what did your family think? Family think about what? About you transitioning and. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> or did they already know beforehand and no, waiting so, for you to catch up? No, absolutely not. They had <laughs> okay. no, I, they had, we, my family and I were just very disconnected. At the, at the very beginning, like when I was a kid and growing up in Ohio, my family really didn't care about really anything that I was doing or interested in me because they themselves didn't learn how to do that. They themselves didn't learn how to do the introspection and make those kind of connections. Like the stuff we saw on TV, oh man, I'm so mad at TV for this because the 90s was just all about like full house and family matters and these TV shows that felt really good that made you feel like you were part of a family and you're supposed to share and everything gets resolved within 30 minutes things like that would happen and that wasn't the way my family was so opening up and talking about things that could give me perspective on my own life was not something that we did for each other so with me going out into the world I had to discover how to do that for myself and so they had really no awareness of what's going on with me because they're too busy trying to figure out what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. So did your mother, did she like, did she go, what? Or oh, yeah, that's was she right. very opening and warm to you? Or what was, was your, what was the reaction you got? Yeah. So the reaction was like, oh, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. What do you, what do you mean? Is that possible? Because my mom was in her fifties then, and she wasn't really, didn't really know about anything. So what does that mean? How are you going to transition medically and all this stuff? And so that's the first thing I remember her asking about it. 
And I had such a reaction to it that I heard her curiosity as condemnation. Mm. That's what I heard because yeah. I had not been accepted. I felt that I had not been accepted for anything that I'd ever done in my entire life. And here's just another thing. You might be curious about it, mom, but it feels like you hate it. And, you know, she doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But honestly, she didn't. She was curious about it. She wanted to know, but she didn't like it. She mm -hmm. doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. How and, did you overcome that? Oh, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. And I'm so glad that you asked that question too, because the way to make connections with people is about under, it's, it's the process of understanding them. So this is something I'm working on now because now I have an awareness of it, but my mom experiences my mom experiences and her life has led her up to have her own certain beliefs, how she sees the world. And the way she sees the world is something that would be beneficial for me to understand. If I could step into her shoes and recognize that her experiences, A, B, C, throughout her life has led her up to have this belief about trans people, I could separate myself from that not take it personally and realize that that is her mm -hmm. and this is me and mm -hmm. here we are. She does not have to accept who I am. She does not, she never mm -hmm. has to, she never, I don't know if she ever will fully embrace that and want me to, and stop wanting me to be her daughter and have children. I don't know if she'll ever stop doing that. And that's something that I know and I will not take personally because that is her and her experiences in her life. Yeah. And me, I have my experiences in my life. In the same manner, if she does not want to embrace it, at the very least, what we will not do is try and shame me and change me. That's something that she has not done. She's not tried to shame and change me and turn me into something else because I'm fortunate enough to, to realize that she values the fact that I talk to her, that I am still her child, that I am still a person in her life. And she wants that more so than she wants me to change and be somebody else. So by you coming to terms with who you are at a soul level, who Coach Lee is, that has opened the door for you to learn how to make friendships with other people. Mm -hmm. How does it affect you or does it affect you when people are, they don't know how to react to you or they don't oh. know how to connect with you? How yeah. do you overcome that? Well, I'd love to tell you a quick story about that because that was the most terrifying thing for me. And that's why I wanted to just be so closed about anything and not mm -hmm. sharing anything to people. And so it was about two years into my transition. And I'm in Chicago, second largest city, looking for people to connect with. And I'm also in therapy and learning about how to have a mindset in which you'll meet new people. Mm -hmm. Don't go out thinking that you're not going to meet anybody new because you're not going to go out and meet somebody, think that you're going to meet somebody, believe that you're going to meet somebody, and then it will happen. So this one day I did, I went to a comedy club and I had the mindset that I'm going to meet a cool new friend. And sure enough, I met a really cool guy. We were talking, we had a conversation and I leaned the conversation towards LGBT stuff because I'm curious to see how they feel about it. 
And they had mentioned to me that they have never seen a trans person before. They don't know the process. They have no idea why anyone would ever want to transition. So I thought, well, I'm going to fill in that knowledge gap for you. And we are going to be best of friends because you're curious and I want to share. I want to stop hiding. So mm -hmm. I tell them I'm trans and they stop talking. They stop talking and they leave. They don't say anything else to me to just leave. They're gone, poof, poof, gone. And I was absolutely devastated in that moment. I was devastated. Now, this has been years, this is five years or so ago, but I was devastated at that moment. And looking back though, I realized that I'm okay. I didn't die. I didn't die. I learned from that experience. I learned that, well, in this moment, he and I couldn't be friends because he's not interested in learning. He missed a great opportunity to learn something. And I also shared a truth to him that was just way too much for him, whatever that was. But in that instance, I'd learned people are going to be drawn to you and people are going to be repelled from you. And that's based on their own experiences in life. So accepting the fact that I'm a trans person and that is part of my truth, it is imperative for me to be around people who can also accept that as part of my truth. And they're not thrown, they're not thrown by it. Maybe they're more curious by it, or maybe they have the experience themselves. But if I hadn't been able to stand in my own truth, I would have shattered. I would have been just, I mean, I'm, I'm going to level with you. I was really devastated by that. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was fortunate enough to have people to go decompress with or to go talk about that with. I was fortunate enough to have a group to talk about that with, but it was really devastating. And it's a process to that everyone has to go through that rejection to find out what it really is that is valuable to you or people who are valued, who will value you. So it's a process that I had to go through, but it's that first accepting myself. I think throughout my life, I've been experiencing rejection and been trying to change because of it or hide because of it. And that's just a source of more loneliness. What an amazing life you have. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I took away from the conversation from, from your story, because, wow, thank you for just like stepping out and being you and taking that chance. But it was an experience. And yeah. like you said, you didn't break from it. You didn't die from it. You mm. learned from it. And in the moment, it probably felt like your entire world was crashing down around you. Like, oh, what did I just do? Why did I do this? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, oh, I'm so stupid. Nobody wants to hear about that. You've got to just be quiet. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But without that experience, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be where you're at today and understand who you are at a deeper level. Absolutely. because of that experience. And he was probably one of the greatest teachers in your lifetime. Yes. Because and of that. Absolutely. He was very, as, like, as I, I keep reflecting on it, even after five years, I recognize that just recently that I was in such a state of wanting to be liked and wanted to be connected with people that if that man would have said anything else to me, I would have tried to convince him why trans people are good, why I'm awesome, and why such and such, we should be friends. But neither of us really wants that. At the end of the day, I don't want to spend my energy and time trying to change them into somebody who wants to be a friend with me. 
I want to find those people who already are available. And thank you for being you in that situation, because you are also a teacher for him. He may or may not have known it in that particular moment in time, but you triggered something within him that was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe five years later, he's looking back on that saying, thank God I ran into coach Lee at that time, because that really had an impact. You don't know what kind of impact you had on him unless you've run into him again, who knows, maybe one day you will, and maybe it'll be a completely different experience for you, but you were a teacher for him as well, which is totally awesome. Absolutely. So how do you, as a trans man, like to, how do you introduce yourself to people? Oh, well, I don't introduce the transgender part. I have everything like that online. And I, <laughs> I hope that. Well, like, like I said, when we first started talking, I never would have known you were transgender and, unless I read your profile. Because right. looking, looking at your picture, I just never would have even guessed. Exactly, exactly. And I know that it, throws people for a loop. It makes them uncomfortable because it paints a, it kind of disrupts their reality a bit because you run into somebody who looks a certain way and you think you know about their body because that's mm-hmm. the way 98% of the world is this way. They look this way, or maybe they seem this way. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I'm unsure about something again. And that unsure and that fear will make people react in ways that maybe aren't helpful to me. And so I don't introduce myself as a trans person, but I have it out there online because I find it just much easier to just have the information out there. As I know that if you're interested in me, you'll Google me, but other, otherwise only certain people get to know this information. If you're not mm-hmm. looking for it, then I don't feel like I need to share that with you. If you're a potential romantic partner, then I would like to share that with you as soon as possible because, hey, it wouldn't be fair if we're just getting ready to take our clothes off and I'd be like, oh, by the way, (laughs) no, (laughs) it wouldn't be fair. But at the same time, at the same time, I have hid this transgendered part of me from people and I have discovered that it's not the way to create a genuine friendship. It's not the way because I developed a friendship with a really great coworker. We had awesome conversations about things that I could never share with other people, like understanding about science and space and and quantum physics and stuff like that. Like people would be nerdy about. I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. I found my nerd friend and music friend and all kinds of cool stuff. But I didn't tell them that I was trans. And so when I started to date people, when I wanted to date people, I was getting a lot of rejection, but they didn't know why. Like I could talk to them about being rejected. They'll give me some generic male advice, mm-hmm. but they couldn't, they couldn't support me when it came to being trans because they didn't know that there was a problem in the first place. So I never shared that with them. And so I felt, oh, well, I'm alone again because I'm talking to someone who doesn't understand this problem. I can't share yeah. it with them. Yeah. So what I ended up doing eventually was sharing that with him and our relationship didn't fall apart because of that, because they were, it didn't fall apart because they weren't interested in me, but I found that I needed some support 
that they mm -hmm. couldn't provide. And so I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that mm -hmm. in another way. So it's worth it. It's beneficial to talk about it. And so there's a point where I feel like I'm safe and comfortable with people that I will share that. Wow. Because I've got some really good friends that now, I, I, as I was telling you before we started recording, I grew up as an army brat and was constantly moving. And so learning to make friends was not something that I did easily because I was always leaving. I'd make mm -hmm. a friend and then leave, make a friend and then leave. <laughs> And so when we finally moved to Charlotte and I, we, I've been here now over 40 years, I think, or going on, yeah, way over 40 years. It was really hard for me to learn how to make friends. And, but I didn't know who I was either. So I didn't know who I was to, to share with anybody. Right. And so I would try to mimic people. Mm hmm and try to find my spot that way. And I so wanted to be everybody else, but me. <laughs> I know. How is that? So like most people's experiences is I just want to be everybody, but me. <laughs> yeah. But there's only one, there's only one me and I'm just as awesome as everybody else. And it took me almost 50 years to figure that out. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm so glad I have because I'm a pretty cool person. I think. I think um, so too. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I love having fun and I love sharing and all of that. So to be able to not share a part of me now with my closest friends, that would make me feel lonely. Absolutely. I, I think that's the source. And I do Akashic Record readings and it took me a long time to get comfortable with allowing people to know who were my, in my closest circle, what it is I do, because a lot of people don't understand it. You know, mm -hmm. and they don't understand my new age thinking <laughs> and they don't understand, you know, I was brought up Christian. Mm -hmm. So I kept that a secret for a long time. And there's certain people that I don't talk to about it because it's like taboo. It's not the Christian thing to do. And then, and my mother, she tries really hard to understand. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And my kids try to understand but there's a part of me that they, they probably won't ever understand, if that makes sense. That absolutely makes perfect sense to me. And I, I'm glad that you could relate to this, this story and this, my experience as being a trans man to just a, a regular everyday kind of thing that trans, it's, it's like we're just 1% of the population, 1-2% of the population, but it's not the fact that I'm trans that makes my story unique. Well, I mean, it is it makes it stand out more yeah but the fact that I'm hiding something that I'm hiding something yeah. that's a, my truth and it's like you're hiding something that's your truth it's benign it's something that you enjoy it's your it's your work it's your passion Akashic Records and you want someone to understand that at the core of it you want mm -hmm. someone to understand that and that's what we're looking for in our friendships and connections with people is that they understand how we feel about things and that's mm -hmm. pretty general but that's what I've come to, to understand is that we all have an experience in which we're hiding something that we desperately want to share with someone, but we're afraid that they're going to reject us and not understand us. If they mm -hmm. do, if they do not reject us, at the very least, they may not understand. They're like, yeah, you're, you're okay, but I don't understand why you did that. It still feels lonely. Mm -hmm. and, and it does because it's like, Mm, should I tell this person? Should I not tell this person? How do I tell people what it is I do for a living? Mm -hmm. And I've learned 
who I can tell that to and who I can't, like you said, I feel them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And my usually go-to thing is, oh, I'm a marketing. I do marketing. I have a podcast. So those are my two go-to things. <laughs> and, and it's it, the it, truth. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. So I'm not lying about it, but it took me a long time to quote unquote, come out of the closet about the Akashic record thing, because I was afraid of being judged and people not understanding. So I can totally get that. And I understand where you're coming from. And another thing is, is people, because they don't understand, they don't know how, what kind of questions to ask me or what's taboo or what's not taboo. So when you meet people and they don't understand what it's like to be trans, how do they, how do they ask you questions? Uh, do you get upset when it's questions that are like, well, what is, why mess with perfection? God created you the way you were. I mean, that oh. <laughs> I'm sure that's, that's part of people's process yeah, I experience, mean, but how do you react to that? How do you take that? Well, I haven't had anything like that said directly to me, fortunately okay. about, about why mess with, with perfection and mm-hmm. people have misgendered me before misgendered is saying like, okay, you're not Lee, you're she. And they're going to, mm-hmm. I know this happened a lot to me and my family for sure. When they get mad at me, they were like, ah, but I understand that the key to making connections with people is first grounded in understanding myself in my truth. Mm-hmm. And what I say about myself, no matter what else is happening in the world, nobody can change that. Nobody can say it's different. Nobody can change that but me. And I know that there's an objective truth out there in which you'll see what you, you'll see something that maybe I imagine that will say I imagine, but still it is my own truth. And you may see, someone else may see me as female that's taken hormones and has had surgery and that's it. And that's how they will identify me. And that is absolutely fine with them. Because there are there's zero things that they can do to change about me. Mm-hmm. I think when I encounter those kind of situations, I know that it's my truth. And I get curious about why they have such a problem with me living in my truth. What's mm-hmm. going on with them? That's what happens with me. Because I'm thinking, I'm just a distraction. I'm a distraction from them focusing on what's important and true to them allowing them to be open and vulnerable and living their truth the way I'm living my truth. I think that upsets a lot of people when they see somebody coming out like that. It doesn't bother them. It doesn't physically have anything, any, any, uh, or maybe spiritually either, have any connection to what they're doing. They have their own power. They live in their own world. They can create their own life for them. Why focus on me? Mm-hmm. Why focus on me? But if people ask me questions now, if people ask me questions about it, I like and appreciate their curiosity. Just like that guy who came up to me while we had the conversation and he ran away before I could tell him all the things about my experience of being trans. (laughs) I would like to share those things with people who are asking because they're genuinely curious and they don't know. I believe that there is no wrong way to do anything. I think that The universe has just been set and what you do is what you do. The right and wrong comes from this value base. You get the results that you wanted. No, well, you learned something, didn't you? 
hopefully you learned something. Let's mm -hmm. do something else. Let's try again. Let's try a different way to get the results that you really want. So then if the result is what you wanted, they're like, oh, it's a good thing. If it's not what you wanted, it's a bad thing. Well, actually, you've learned something from every experience. So if they're talking to me and they want to know about me, I welcome that. I welcome that. I absolutely love what you just said, because it's like being your authentic self in this world sometimes can be so hard, but everybody has their own experience, their mm -hmm. own belief systems based off of the way they were raised. And, absolutely. but we can't change the way other people think, feel, and, or see things. And that is one of the, one of my biggest messages mm -hmm. that I try to get across is we're all here to experience our divinity, our beautiful divinity in this human world called earth. And wow, you have an amazing experience. I have yes. an amazing experience, yes. but I, and I'm so grateful for all those who don't believe in what I believe in because they don't have to, right? they really <laughs> don't. And I don't have to believe the way they do. And I can walk away from a conversation if I wanted to. Exactly. And still send them love because you know what? They're right where they're supposed to be and nobody's broken. Exactly. Exactly. That is beautiful, Amy. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. That's exactly, that's exactly what I believe in. So well said, heartfelt. Yeah. And if you just, so for me now making friends, I can walk into a grocery store and walk out making good friends with a bagger or the grocery. I mean, I just, I talked to anybody and everybody, but back when I was growing up, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. And so for people who have a hard time connecting, you're a coach and you coach people to do this. What are some steps that people can take actionable steps that they can take to start liking themselves or to find out who their authentic self is so they can share it with the world? All right. Well, that's a great question. And I better have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> so, um, there's a couple of things that I would suggest and I actually have a, a five-day challenge that really helps out with this. But what I recommend is that people really get to know themselves. And how do you get to know themselves? Well, you have mindful experiences by creating your, by creating boundaries. And I say boundaries, I have a initiative to change the way people think about boundaries as setting limits on other people's behaviors and saying no, because we can't do that. We, we can't change how other people behave and what they believe. Uh, we mm -hmm. can focus on what we believe and what our behaviors are. And I think that when we have boundaries, we create them through our experiences that we have. So we have an experience and then we have an emotional response to that experience. We feel angry, mm -hmm. we feel sad, we feel hurt, frustrated, we feel joy. We have an emotional response to that experience and our body and our mind log those experiences. And unconsciously, we know, our body and our brain knows that when we run into this experience again, we're gonna have this feeling. The discovery of yourself comes from when you start being conscious about those experiences. When you start realizing that this made me angry, right here, this specific action, you stepped on my foot, this made me angry. And you mm -hmm. recognize that it happened. You don't just, instead of being unconscious about it and having somebody step on your foot and you automatically punching them, 
There was no time for you to think <laughs> consciously about how you felt before you acted. So discovering yourself comes from that, having mindful experiences. So what you can do, start journaling. I know that people said this before and it's super cliche and it's really lame, but it really is important for you to be able to step out of the emotional state that you're in that drives you unconsciously and return to it in a conscious manner to see what happened to cause the, the event. So somebody stepped on your foot and you punched them. You wrote that down in your journal. And then the next day you read, read that and you're like, oh, somebody stepped on my foot. I must've been really angry. And then somebody steps on your foot again, like, yeah, I was really angry. I'm angry. Angry comes up. I, I'll never forget, Amy, when I was having a fight with my girlfriend and we would just constantly fight back and forth, back and forth, da, 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 da. And you just all, always, always. And I didn't know how to stop it, but I was in counseling this time, just in therapy. And I just wanted to stop it. And the therapist was just saying, just remember why you started fighting. Just remember why. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So the next time we got into an argument, we started saying mean stuff to each other. And I really stopped trying to say mean things. I was like, why are we fighting? Why are we fighting? And I woke up. I woke up in the middle of that fight and I was like, huh, normally I would say something mean to you. And they're, they're starting to yell at me or looking at me mean, but I'm just going to leave. It was something different. It was something new, but it mm -hmm. was an awareness of, of something that has happened and changed. So you start discovering yourself and what you really want when you be more mindful of the experiences that you're having. So that's what I would say. Start journaling about the experiences that you have. Be mindful of the events that you have. And then if I could share a little more about making friendships, I recommend that you learn three things about yourself so that you can connect with other people. The source of my pain with making friends was that I didn't know what to share with people. I didn't know what I was comfortable with sharing with people. I didn't know what was important to me. So there are three things that I've discovered that really help you make the kind of friendships that you really want, that are important, that matter to you. It's learning more about your history, your hobbies, and your habits. So your history, the person that you are, your origin story, where you've come from, you're looking for your history and what's important to you about your history. I'm a Black person, and I'm also a queer person. I want to be able to go to spaces where I can talk about those things. It's important for you to find those things like you, Akashic Records, and family values. That's important to you. You want to go talk about those things. Then your hobbies. Well, I like board games. So I want to make sure that I'm in a space where I'm doing something that I enjoy. So I'll go to the places that play board games. So I'll have something to talk about and connect to the people that are there. And then their habits. Well, the habits are things that you do on a regular basis. They're like your routine. You can tell a lot about people who have a specific routine. Like if you have a skincare routine, you're probably gonna wanna talk to people that also have a skincare routine that knows what clogged pores look like or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're gonna wanna talk to somebody like that. And likewise, if you have, if you get up at 5 a.m. and if you get up at 5 a.m., your routine is probably gonna look a lot different than somebody who's getting up at noon. You're probably gonna do a lot different things. So you wanna find people who, connect with you on those levels. So your history, your hobbies, and your habits, go through those and figure out what's important for you to talk about. And the way you go through those is you have experiences, go have some experiences and find new hobbies, we try different routines to see how you feel about them. And that helps you make the friendships that you really want. 
I love that because that is so essential to making friendships is finding your tribe, whether it be in things that you enjoy doing, your hobbies, you know, who you are and absolutely and making those connections that way. It's that's imperative, I think. So tell us more about your five day challenge. What is that all about? Well, yes, the five day challenge, I think I gave it all away because I just can't help myself. I just love to tell people. (laughs) (laughs) But it is uh, the five day challenge is about helping you find your history, hobbies and your habits. So if you don't really quite know what it is that's important to you, we help I help you work and discover what those things are. So the five day challenge is free and you, you can sign up for it on my website. You'll get a two to three minute video every day and you can respond to the video after you've completed the challenge. You can respond to it and I will reply to you if you, if you get stuck or if you have any issues. So the, I guess the biggest difference is that I'm available to answer your questions if you're not sure what the history, hobbies and habits look like for you. I help you find and discover those. I love it. I love it. I'll have a link to your five-day challenge on the show notes and also in the blog as well. So thank you can find that because I think that's that's an awesome way to um, to start learning who you are and especially for the, I mean, just coming out of a pandemic, we've all, or I guess we're still technically in the pandemic, but I mean, we're not isolated like we were at one point, mm-hmm. but it was really hard at that time to to, to really make friends. Although- I had to make friends with my husband because <laughs> <laughs> he was around all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we found out that we really do like each other. <laughs> now that's wonderful because a lot of people have discovered the exact opposite. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was, it was different when he started working from home and he was around all day long. And I'm like, can you go somewhere? Just go to the store, do something. <laughs> Yes, but it was actually really good because we got to spend quality time together as well. You know, we had lunch together and mm-hmm. we just, we just did things that were different than, than it was before pre pandemic pandemic. And so I, I enjoyed that. But. It sounds like it. it sounds like it was a really wonderful time because it was, I have not really heard people talk about their pandemic like that. Like, like it as a joyous time to get to know someone. And I think that is the epitome of what it means to have a close relationship. Like you're as, as long as you've been married, you still have things to discover about each other and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it was an eye opener for the both of us. And there were times that I'm sure he wanted to strangle me as much as I wanted to strangle him. But for the most part, (laughs) We, we got along and we had fun and we laughed and we talked and we did things together that we probably wouldn't have done if there hadn't been a pandemic and we weren't mm-hmm. forced to constantly be around each other. I mean, obviously being married, we liked each other a little bit anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we got to really know who we were and he got to see a side of me that he probably wouldn't have seen had he not been home all the time. So I really am grateful for that time, but so how can people find you coach Lee? Where can they find you at and how can they work with you? All right. Yeah. You can find me at patterns of possibility.com there. You can find that five day challenge and also 10 tips to memorable conversations. You can find me on social media at patterns of possibility.com well, patterns of possibility on all social media. So I'm out there, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube and so forth. And I even have a podcast by the same name. 
So patterns of possibility. And you could work with me by just going to my website and you'll find that there's a coaching link there. You can schedule a free 30 minute close connections assessment where I just help you figure out how we can work through any relationship problems or friendship issues that you might have for, to the forefront. I'll spend the 30 minutes trying to give you a viable solution and maybe help you get closer to reaching your goal to making a friendship that lasts. I love it. So one other question that I have for you that I ask everybody, and I'm going to ask you as well, if you have an hour to spend talking with someone you've always wanted to talk to, whether that person be alive or on the other side of the veil, who would it be? What would you talk about? And where would you be? I would, I would talk to my grandmother, my grandmother, my mom's side, and she's on the other side of the veil. Mm -hmm. I would talk to her and I would want to ask her some questions about her. I don't think that she grew up in the twenties or she was born in the twenties. So I didn't think that she had an opportunity to really have time to think about who she was and really what she wanted and things in her life. And I would ask her about how she felt about things, just her life and having kids and living in New York and moving from the Bahamas to the States like she did. What was her life like? And what could she tell me about herself? I think that would be the most beautiful thing. I love it. Yeah. Did you know her at all or? Yeah, I did. And in fact, when I think about her, she, she gave me my first yellow apple, my golden delicious apple. It's my favorite apple, Mm. but I, I was eight years old and I had no idea that apples could be anything but red or green. And she gave me this yellow apple. And I ate it and it was just the right taste. It wasn't the red delicious, that's really gross. And it wasn't the sour Granny Smith apple. It was just right, the sweet spot right in between it. And it's my favorite apples from this day. And I I always remember that. That's an awesome story. I love it. Thank thank you for sharing that with us. Well, Coach Lee, I have so enjoyed this conversation and this chat. You are an amazing light and you are a beacon that shines light for for those who need and want to find friendships in their life so thank you for being you and shining your light so bright thank you amy i'm so glad to be here i'm so glad to have connected with you thank you for joining me on another episode of butterfly kisses a journey of spiritual transformation if you like what you've heard please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button this way you won't miss it when a new episode is released Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.